Today we're going to be continuing our sermon series that we've entitled uh, Wish, Unwrapping Christmas. And today we're unwrapping Christmas love. I can't hardly believe it's already the fourth Sunday of Advent and two days until Christmas. That, that span from Thanksgiving to Christmas just seems like it was not only shorter than usual, but flew by quicker than usual. Today we're going to be looking at perhaps what centers us most on the activity of Christmas. Not just the event, but what the event holds for you and I uh, today. The event of Christmas love. We're going to focus this morning on Joseph and, and uh, the featuring of Joseph and his encounter with the angel, which is part of the Christmas narrative that comes to us from the gospel according to Matthew. And today, I, I want to say, uh, not just because I'm a preacher, but this may be one of the most important messages that you will hear. Not, not just because it's coming from me, but because it's coming straight from the gospel about what Christmas is all about for you and for the larger world. Today we're going to look at this alternative version of the Christmas story because we typically see Luke's version as the primary version, don't we? We love the story about how, how um, the angel appeared to Mary and, and Elizabeth and told about the birth of John the Baptist and, and also the Savior of the world, Jesus, and, and the Magnificat that we have that comes forth from that encounter in Luke's gospel. And we like the shepherds and the shepherds coming and, and, and the angels appearing to them and all that the Luke version of the nativity speaks to. But Matthew's version is equally powerful. In that the angel appears to Joseph and the angel reveals to Joseph the same birth of the Savior that he, in fact, will play an important part in bringing about. So I'd like us all to turn at this time to the first chapter of Matthew's gospel. Matthew 1. And we're going to begin reading with the 18th verse. And I invite you to stand for the reading of the Bible. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him 
Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. In Matthew's version, the angel speaks to Joseph because God loved Joseph and wanted Joseph to experience the Christmas wish of God's love. But, but more than that, God knew Joseph's heart. He knew Joseph was one who, um, who would respond to the prompting of God through the appearance of the angel. And the messiness of the nativity really begins in Matthew's gospel with Joseph finding out that Mary was going to have a baby and they hadn't had marital relations as the scripture says. And, and yet Joseph in his heart didn't want Mary to be disgraced. He wasn't going to marry her either. Without Joseph, the prospects for Mary and her child it could very well be death because in breaking the Levitical law, she could have been stoned to death or, or at least would have lived a life of hardship and poverty, not an inviting future. But the angel assures Joseph that the child is a miracle of God, that the very child that will be born will be the Messiah. And the angel furthermore tells Joseph what to name the child. Name the child Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Take note of that. He will save his people from their sins. This name that the angel has given Joseph, Jesus, is the name that, um, that, that is in Hebrew, um, Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation or God saves the announcement of salvation the angel brings prior to the birth of Jesus is the announcement of forgiveness. And, and Jesus comes to save the people from their sins. We, we need to hear that because the gift that, 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 um, that the angel was speaking about, the, the gift of Christmas, the Christmas wish in essence is, is, is the forgiveness of, of sins. And Jesus comes to uh, to blot out the evil that separates imperfect people from a holy God. Jesus comes to reconcile and to restore relationship with God and with others. Jesus comes in, in the essence of this forgiveness so that we know the, the very reason for God and the purpose for God. For us to know forgiveness and to live a life out of that forgiveness. The great gift of love is forgiveness. And forgiveness happens because God moved toward us and offers the gift to us. The scripture that we just read said in the other name for Jesus, this Emmanuel, which means uh, the Messiah is Emmanuel, that the Messiah is God with us. That God is on our side. That, that God is the one who... who who stepped out of heaven and into earth so that God could become personal and we could identify with, with this one who is fully God yet fully human, who experiences what we experience in life and could totally relate to our existence. You know, God had started with the covenants 
And God had tried the laws, but, but they really didn't work. And God established kings and he sent prophets, but we really didn't listen to them. And so finally, God's plan was that God would become human in the person of Jesus. In Galatians, the fourth chapter, sometimes we, we, we don't think of, of Galatians as, as, as being about the, uh, the Christmas narrative, but, but hear what it says um, in the fourth chapter of Galatians. But in the fullness of time, when it had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as children of God. Jesus, God saves, brought us that gift of forgiveness. Jesus is God's Emmanuel moving into our lives so that we can encounter God in a personal way. Now, one of the highlights of this service today is that we're going to hear from our angel choir in just a moment. Some of you are here for that primary purpose. And you know, in every church that I've been in, there's been an angel choir. And we, we know that this is not kids sing. You know, kids sing are the older kids. And they're very well trained by Miss Emily. And we just love to see them. And sometimes eight or ten different countries are represented in our kids sing. The angel choir, these are the itty bitties. And they're going to be right here on these risers, I think, in just a moment. But we don't usually come to hear an angel choir because of their excellent music capability they're just plain cute and, and it reminds me of a story that I've shared with you before but I want to share it with you again it, it's in a book that Wayne uh, Coderio wrote several years ago and yet it's so pertinent today uh, and in a moment you know after uh, I'm through preaching and the angel choir comes you'll see exactly why but he tells about his preschool daughter, Amy, and, and her being a part of the angel choir in the Christmas program. Now, angel choirs don't ever sing cantatas. You know, if you can get one good song out of the angel choir, that's good. It's good enough. And, and so th they were going to sing joy to the world. And so they take their place on risers, very similar to the ones to my right here. And the parents and grandparents had packed the room and it was all full and there were video cameras and iPhones galore as the angel choir um, stepped onto the, the risers three steps as we have here. And of course the agenda of every angel choir before they sing is first to identify where is mommy and daddy, right? And so you see the angel choir one by one, you know, hey mommy, hey daddy. And, and uh, you know, those identifications are taking place. And Wayne said, and sure enough, Amy was up there so cute and so sweet, saying, hi, Daddy, hi, Daddy. He said, then it was time to sing. And uh, the teacher, director, uh, she started them off as the piano played. And, and they started singing Joy to the World. And there was one little kind of hyperactive little boy on the back row. And, and he couldn't be still. And he couldn't really sing along. And all of a sudden, he falls off the back um, step. But he didn't just fall. He grabbed two to bring with him. 
And, and so all of a sudden, there's six little boys that are on the floor, right? A little angel, little boy angels on the floor. And, and, and the teacher, Wayne, said she never missed a beat. She just kept leading the joy to the world. And, and the parents, of course, rushed to the rescue uh, to uh, see if the kids were okay. Of course, there were a few tears, but no one was hurt. And, and, and joy to the world, just, it just continued. He said it was the most chaotic scene in church he'd ever seen in his life. And, and then he said, and, and when they finally struggled through, and the, the little boys in back were all seated on the pew, uh, he, he said uh, that the congregation in unison rose and gave them a standing ovation. And he said, and he just thought, we, we just gave a standing ovation to one of the worst Christmas performances I've ever seen in my life. But wasn't Amy cute? <laughs> in reflecting on the concert, Wayne said, perfect timing, Reagan, perfect timing. Why in the world did I reply, re- applaud? He said it certainly wasn't because of the performance. It was terrible. It was because my little girl was up there. I applauded them not based on performance, but based on relationship. He said when I was thinking about that, it was as if I heard the Lord reminding me, Wayne, that's why I applaud you. It's not because of your performance, God. I know you mess up. But it's because of our relationship. It has everything to do with, with, with the fact that you're my kid. And, and I love you that much. He said, all of a sudden, I was the angel on the back row pulling all the kids off the, in, onto the floor. And, and I realized that, that, that we're loved by God, not by, by what we do, not how we perform, but just because of who we are. Think about that. You, you know, it reminds me of a, a favorite book I have called Gentle Thunder by Max Licato. You know, one of those beautiful books with the beautiful pictures that go along with it. And one paragraph that he says is this one of the sweetest reasons God saved you is because he is fond of you he likes having you around God thinks you're the best thing to come down the pike in quite a while if God had a refrigerator your picture would be on it if God had a wallet your photo would be in it God sends you flowers every spring and sunshine, sunrise every morning. And whenever you want to talk, God listens. God can live anywhere in the universe, but He's chosen your heart. And the Christmas gift He sent you in Bethlehem, face it. He's crazy about you. You know, because God is crazy about us, Jesus was born for us. He's a baby with a mission. And the mission is to redeem the world, to save God's people from their sin. 
but to live in each and every human heart. You know, sometimes I don't think we let that gift sink in. That, that God is crazy about you. And, and that this Christmas is, is all about you. And your experience of God's love. And, and, and God's forgiveness. It's your gift. It's my gift. It's a gift for all the world. You think about it. From the glory of heaven at the right hand of the Father to a manger filled with hay and a stable filled with animals and smells. Yet he comes and he lives and he dies for us. On a cross, something happened. In a manger, something happened. The scripture says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is why Jesus came. So that we would know forgiveness. Forgiveness can't happen without our involvement any more than Jesus could have been the Savior of the world without Joseph's positive response. Joseph wasn't a robot. Joseph was one who had a heart that God had filled. And Joseph was one who could receive that, that, that message from the angel and the role that he was to play in it. And could by faith accept it because of the God who'd filled his heart. You, you know, the gift of God's forgiveness, the, uh, the gift of Christmas love that we wish for is, is offered. But we have to unwrap it to experience it. We have to receive it in order for it to really have its personal effect. You know, to fully realize the gift of Christmas, the gift of Christmas love, the gift of Christmas forgiveness, we have to accept it. Paul Tillich, one of the great theologians of the 20, 20th century, said that the fundamental religious act is acceptance. The fundamental Christian act is acceptance. We must accept the fact that we're accepted. Can't you simply believe that all of this is true? That God loves you, that Jesus was born for you and died for you, that God wants to wipe away every sin that you have in your life. The good news of great joy for all people is Christmas love and forgiveness. And we accept it. I read a story uh, this past week about a cultural exchange that happened uh, with a rabbi from Russia who was visiting a Christian family in Houston, Texas. This happened several years ago, about 10 years actually after the, 
um, uh, the end of the Cold War, and, 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 and Soviet Russia would, had fallen, of course, but this rabbi grew up in Soviet Russia. And since it was Christmas time, the family wanted uh, their rabbi friend to see uh, the best of Houston. They went to see lights, of course, and they went to the museum. They went to see the beautiful art. And they ended this wonderful day in Houston with the family taking their rabbi friend to a Chinese restaurant that they loved. And throughout the meal, the rabbi was... Um, extolling the wonders of what was America in comparison to the bleak conditions that he grew up in under the Soviet dominance. And when they had finished eating, the waiter brought a check and, of course, a fortune cookie. And, and then the waiter brought a little small brass Christmas tree. It was a Christmas tree ornament. And, and they all laughed when the rabbi uh, turned the ornament over and on the back of the ornament it said, Made in India. And as they laughed together at the rabbi's discovering that truth of the ornament, they noticed the rabbi started to cry. And, and it was reported that they all thought that he must have been offended by receiving a Christmas tree as a gift. But... But no, no, he said, that's, no, no, that's not it. He said, my tears are tears of joy. To be in this wonderful country with wonderful friends at this wonderful time of the year, Christmas. Just think about it, he said. I'm hosted, a Jewish rabbi, by Christians in a Chinese restaurant in which Buddhist gives a Jew, a Christmas gift that was made by a Hindu. <laughs> Friends, Christmas needs to remind us that though this gift is so very personal for you and for me, that God's intention for the gift is that everyone of every race and creed would experience that gift. And experience it in such a way that whatever their religion, they could know the one true God of love and acceptance and forgiveness and could accept the forgiveness that was offered. You know, the good news that we experience at Christmas time is that God wants more than anything else for us to know what it means. This Jesus, this Joshua, this Emmanuel, who came to save us in the world. He wants to give forgiveness and salvation to you and me. At the right time, Jesus was born to show us the radical extent of God's love. At the right time, Jesus died to open the way of salvation for us. And the question is for each and every one of us, have we experienced, have we received, have we accepted the gift? I'd like to close my message today a little differently. I'd like for us to try to 
not think about this being the fourth Sunday of Advent and just two days till Christmas and all that you need to do between now and then. And I'd like to ask us to close our eyes. To try to put out of our mind any of the busyness of this time, this season. And try to just focus on what has come to us from the Word of God about this Christmas gift of love and forgiveness and salvation. Meditate on these questions. Could it be that now is the right time? For you to respond to the gift, to accept the gift, maybe to accept it again. Could right now be the moment for you to accept God's acceptance of you and begin relationship anew? Could right now be the moment that you've been waiting for? To let go of your faults and your mistakes and your sins and truly understand that the Christmas gift is forgiveness, real forgiveness. Could right now be a moment that you forgive someone who's hurt you and open the door to God's forgiveness and reconciliation and for true healing to begin. Could this be the time that we fully, we fully believe that God is crazy about you? And that God loves you so much because you're his kid. Dear Lord, you know every heart in this room. Just as you knew Joseph's heart. Just as you knew he would respond in such a way that would be full of your grace and therefore your love and forgiveness. Lord, fill our hearts as you filled Joseph's. And let us try to get a glimpse of the wonderful gift of Christmas love.